Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Most Dangerous Game. Uh, Pepper will not be joining us this session, so Nyx is off doing an emergency mission She's for Quentua. No, we already did that in one campaign, and then we undid it and just talked No, about Pepper it. is off to kill God. Oh, I don't know what our okay. character's doing, but Pepper is going to kill God. Okay, that's... So that's if you, like, enough. feel like something unplugged for you in uh, November 20th, 2022, if something just kind of, like, disconnected and you never felt right again, that's what that was. <laughs> anyway, uh, as per usual, we're going to open up in Bosco's books and let the players recap what happened. So take it away. Wait, hold on. I thought I, like three of us were in Buckingham Palace getting a load of adamantine. I, I thought that was uh, I thought I don't remember what happened last session because it's been a bit I thought that like you needed to go get a reasonable facsimile of it, and then you could go get it, which is why I was going oh, to No, I, I was just going to conjure that shit into existence. Oh. It, yeah. <laughs> okay. I was in the Fae, I was in the Winter Court finding old weird Fae texts about dragons that needs to be translated. Yes. Uh, these yes. other idiots were in Buckingham Palace, and... I was talking to Steiner. About railguns. I was getting my Polar Star upgraded into the spur. Who wants to go first then? I get that. Have we all met back up at some point? No. no Are we, we doing like a video conference? You can do the heist <laughs> real quick. The, yeah, the yeah heist. I, I have to talk to fucking Merlin, anyways, one more time while uh, Jeremiah is acquiring our materials. I mean, we could just open up in Buckingham Palace. Uh, so Merlin's just giving you a random tour of the places that you normally would not be able to access if you were part of the general public. And then he just very obviously goes, here's a big vault where we keep all the adamantine. I have to go to the bathroom now. And he just starts walking away. All right, let's get this done. Can I make a small suggestion? Sure. Of course. Since one of our number has to talk to Merlin about something, what if they asked where the bathroom was? <laughs> uh, yeah, could you show me where it is? Just slide up next to him at the funeral. Just slide up to Merlin, nice cock, bro. <laughs> Stand behind him at the urinal. I'm waiting my turn. <laughs> Barely looks 900. I will give Bosco my backpack that he can shovel adamantine inside of, and I will follow Merlin to the bathroom so I can ask him a question. As you both round a corner, he goes, you do realize I'm not actually going to the bathroom, right? I'm just going to be doing like a big, slow, long loop around. And by the time I'm back, you, you guys had better be gone. Well, I mean, he'll be gone and I'll find my way out after, but uh, I I have one other thing I needed your help with. Okay. So, like, one of the people on our team uh, has acquired a dragon's tooth and is going to be turning it into bullets for a gun? That's rad, actually. That's that's rad as hell. Oh, I'm jealous of your guys' in, uh, ingenuity. <laughs> okay. Uh, cool. 
she has this idea, and I don't think anybody in our group has any idea how to make it manifest. What she wants to do is, once the bullet becomes lodged in the dragon, ideally, mm -hmm. she wants it to, like, fire off a radial teleport spell. She wants to just teleport chunks of the dragon out of it as a way of hurting it from the inside. How would we ever do that? Hmm. That's an extremely tricky one because teleportation is as close to a science as you'll get with magic because you typically need a lot of preparation and stuff for it unless you're really good. Um, hmm. And like, we want to preload these. Like if there's some kind of inscription we can put on the slugs or something. Tell you what, because I like you, mostly because you're all insane for going after a dragon willingly. I'll look into it for you. I'll get get back to you uh, in a little while. Um, quick question: What's your address? I, I I squint and I tilt my head, but I tell him what apartment I live in. Cool, got it. All right, uh, you will hear from me shortly. Can, can I ask how I'm going to hear from you, or is this like a wizard thing where I can't know until it happens for a fact? Uh, you... An envelope is going to hit you in your face when you uh, walk into your apartment. Oh. Okay, I'll be sure to have my glasses off. Thanks. It's not going to hit you that hard, but okay. Yeah. Um. And I promise I won't do anything else with the knowledge of where you live, mostly because I don't care enough. Thanks. <laughs> uh, that's, um, that's reassuring and also low-key insulting in a way that I actually appreciate. That's what I was aiming for. Now, if you excuse me, I have to use the bathroom. He's doing the finger quotes thing as, uh, as he's doing it, and he just starts walking at probably a pace a snail could uh, outrun down a particular hallway. No, he's actually moving in slow motion. He casts slow <laughs> on himself. I, have, I I turn around. I, I turn around and like wave one hand over my shoulder as I do. Thanks again. Enjoy your piss. No problem. That was a weird thing to Back at the vault. Yeah, meanwhile, back at the vault. Um, What are you doing with with, uh, with your fake adamantine? Like, how are you creating it? Well, I'm... I got my uh, chalk out, and I'm sketching out a quick magic circle in order to summon some... Immaterium that can take the form of adamantine and uh, resemble it per in perpetuity. All right, so I'm not even going to make you roll for it because, like I said, this is going to be the easiest heist in the fucking world. You draw your talk and, like, it creates a resemblance of a sort of like a burnt red 
looking metal. I mean, I, I'm presumably I've got the example of it right there in front of me. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you're you're looking right at it, and it's like adamantine's like sort of a burnt red, kind of heavy. Um. So you're probably not going to be able to replicate the weight, but more likely than not, no one down here is going to be checking the weight of the uh, fake stuff anyway. And even if they did, they probably wouldn't know it unless like they compared it to the other stuff. So. There you go. You, you've done it. It is done. You can take as long as you need to do it, so it's not even worth a roll. It's also not worth an item on the list. That This is a gimme. You're getting the equipment that you need, but it is uh, not contributing to the dice pool, positively or negatively. I like to think that Bosco is just sort of being lazy about it. Do I even need to summon in as enough to match the density? I'm just going to pick that shit up. Oh, this will be good enough. Swipe, swipe, swipe. swipe. Yep. Uh, and then when you pick it up, oh, that's that's heavy. That's heavy stuff. Armor made out of this is going to be um, very heavy. So you have to imagine with Arthur having used to have a uh, set of armor made out of this, he had to have been strong as hell. All right. All right. So, yeah, uh, that's that's done. Well, Bosco uh, grumbles about his back a bit and then sketches a door that can lead back home and, uh, just to be safe, chucks the adamantine through bar by bar before walking through the portal himself. All right. I guess I'm taking a plane. I mean, you could have walked back at some point. Like, it, that conversation with Merlin didn't take very long. And Bosco's creation of the... Between the fake adamantine and the portal, you could have, like, easily gotten back in time. You know, if you could just teleport us to London, why did we take a plane in the first place? Tax right off It's a lot easier to go back to places you've been than it is to travel to places you've only ever seen. You unlock the fast travel point now. Plus, you know, I went to India without a translation app on my phone, and I got yelled at for that. You all need to start making up your minds about how useful you think magic is. <laughs> I didn't have anything to say about the India excursion at all, because I wasn't a part of it. Am I back yet? <laughs> yeah, you can... <laughs> People coming into my house telling me how to suck eggs. <laughs> <laughs> suck these eggs, old man. All right. So, uh... That's the uh, fancy metal stuff, I take it. Yep. Sure is. Doesn't look so special. Oh, okay, yeah, I... It's a little heavy. All right, let's set this back down. It's not lead, though. Go figure. Is it? Is it supposed to be? I mean, it's not as heavy as lead. This is not as heavy as lead. Oh, I thought you said red. It is red, though. I believe the current uh, record for the densest metal on Earth still goes to tungsten. I think there's depleted uranium counts for heavier. Hmm. Is uranium a metal? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm? Hold on. Okay. 
I said densest nut. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so, uh... Oh, it's Osmium. What are we doing with this, then? I, I, I don't recall. Well, I was originally gonna try and turn it into, like, a chaff grenade. Apparently that's not gonna be effective enough, so now I'm gonna be trying to figure out how to make, like, a net or a set of bolas or something out of it. I've, I've got this, like, I heft my backpack and I shake it. You can hear several pounds of papers shifting inside of it. I have centuries of material science study to read through. Interesting. Alright. Oh, also, um, okay, there's no better way to phrase this. If you want to come home with me, uh, the information on your bullet teleportation idea is going to be at my place when I get back there. I believe that I believe that you mean that in a uh, in a perfectly straightforward way because I don't think you're the type to be able to say things like that with a straight face. So I'm going to believe you. Probably some magic stuff. Went and met Merlin. Yeah. You have the, the beard and the, the hat with the stars? Yes, no, in that order. He only gets the hat and the stars out for parties. <laughs> <laughs> only wears that to weddings. <laughs> uh, well, I feel like we're nothing doing at this point until... Well, there is the one thing. Which is what? Help me. Ring of Solomon. Right, yeah, the backup thing. That's not um, a backup. It's, uh... No, 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 I mean, like, us, our backup, us having, like, physical reinforcements. Ah. Uh, In that sense, I suppose. So, it's gonna take me a couple of days to read through all that stuff, and I don't know how useful I'm gonna be in a fucking museum heist. By the way, y'all are gonna have to participate in a museum heist in order to get this ring. Exciting. So... Actually, I believe I have something you may be able to do. On the way back from dropping Camilla off at the lab, I ventured into the archives of the Winter Court, and while I could not physically bring it with me, I made a copy of a text pertaining to dragons. However, it requires translation, which I cannot do. He's just like laser printed out the, like the records of this book that he was physically not allowed to leave with. Well, I might be able to swing that. Just a slot opens out <laughs> in your chest and a printer pops out. I was actually like thinking like laser eyes just burn it directly <laughs> into the paper oh, oh like fucking like fucking big boss's stupid little radio and yes. yeah that makes paper smoke every time <laughs> well I might be able to swing some help with that uh, not every book in this uh, back section here is written in English after all yeah, I'm, I'm fine with hoisting that off onto somebody else. I am I am not a linguist. Whereas I pretty much had to pick up Latin, and uh, 
I'm into a few other languages since then. It's actually kind of fun once you get going. Unless it's like French or German, I don't. I don't know. All right, so I'm gonna. Or Spanish. I'm gonna take one of these. I pick up one of the adamantine ingots. I'm gonna take one of these home with me, and I'm gonna get going on uh, reading through all this material, and also reading through whatever I get for the teleportation stuff. And I guess you all call me after the heist is done. Should I come with you first and then we do the heist? Because you're going to have the information I need. Sure. I don't live too, too far away. Just uh, off the coast. All right, then. Are we walking? Do you own a car? Do you I own a car. To own a- okay. It's a couple hour drive. <laughs> I was about to insinuate that you were very poor. <laughs> no. I make engineer money. It's actually pretty good cash. <laughs> just on the car ride, just like, so you just have a lot of debt then, huh? Yeah, just inherited it from my mom and my dad and both of my siblings and an aunt and two cousins and a great uncle. Huh. Everybody in my family was wrapped up in fairy shit without me knowing somehow. And all of them signed contracts that fell onto next of kin. And I am the only next of kin now. Oof. That's... That's shit. <laughs> Not to make light of it, but... Oh. And I mean... Here I am. I just... Just a bit of a weird obsessive. I just... Shrug. Don't... I'm I'm not looking to... Start a contest here or anything. Ah... Ah, no. I don't... I don't feel bad about it. I'd be here... I'd be here no matter what. Understand me, but... It's... Uh, sometimes I forget normal people exist rather than the obsessives and the eccentrics and the walking robot. So you just bored shooting at clay pigeons at this point or something? Well, for a while it was, it was what I was. I was damn near the best marksman there was, and I was finally on the way to making the gold in the Olympics. I thought, you know, there's nothing better for that. I put my life towards finding the thing I was good at, and I was going to be the best at it. And then, oh, this shit, I went down in Baltimore, and, uh... It kind of feels small potatoes after that. There's not really a... There's not really a purpose to baiting a bunch of humans in something when you... You could be beating... Anything. When you could be... Doing something that nobody dreams possible. 
with your skill. Yeah, I guess. I've, uh, never really had any athletic aspirations or anything, and, uh, <laughs> you know, medical device QA isn't exactly a, uh, a competitive field. Mastery's not about athleticism, it's just about... Well, it's about mastery. You could be the best... Ah... Uh, medical device... I'm sorry, what did, what did you say you do again? Uh, QA. You know, something breaks and the report gets back to me and my team and we figure out why it broke and how do we prevent that from happening again. Well, you care about that stuff, don't you? Yeah. It fucks up people's lives. Hmm? You know, that's just another kind of... I guess it's just a kind of another kind of mastery, is how I see it. I guess? You want to be good at your job, because it's important to you. I want to be good at what I do, because it's important to me. They just have different... Mm, destinations. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Uh, I'm sorry. Waxing philosophical. I don't really... I try not to do that very often. It's not like we got shit all else to do. You know, this country really ought to invest in some... Uh, public transportation. Owning all these cars is such a waste of time. It's there. It just ain't great. Alright, with the start of talking about public transportation, I think it's safe to say we can t we can change this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I just wanted to have a character moment, okay? No, that's, that's fine. That's, that's fine. Alright, I've waxed philosophical about the nature of human skill. Time to talk about walkable urban environments. <laughs> Look, we were stuck yeah. in a car. <laughs> I mean, character moments is one thing, but we just don't have to go full Tarantino here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I was saying something ridiculous to draw the scene to a close, okay? And that's why we did. And so I'm going to make this real quick so that way you guys can meet back up with the with the rest of the museum uh, heist people later. Jordan, by the time you open up your apartment door, uh, envelope just sort of like flips in the air real quick and just like smacks you right in the face. Not hard, just enough to like get stuck there in the wind. I did remember to take my glasses off in the hallway. I peel the envelope off my face, turn 180 degrees, and offer it to Camila. Oh, thank you very much. I'm gonna be making my way back to... Well, I'm gonna open this and then make my way back. Let me know if you need somebody psychotic and who has a gun or whatever. Well, there are, you know, uh, a baker's dozen fairies who want me for this, that, or another. So, if you uh, if you feel like moving from target shooting to hunting, that's some psychotic shit that just came out of my mouth. I'm going inside. <laughs> I wait for the door to close, and then I say, well, "I mean, it's a thought." <laughs> Uh, when you open up the envelope, the letter inside is addressed to Jordan, but, I mean, it's clear that Merlin knows that you're working as a group, and it basically details 
a small rune that you can etch into each bullet that will do the job that you want it to do. It probably won't be as effective as you were thinking, but it it's Merlin, so he's made it as best as he could to the specifications that he thought you were going for. And I need to find something that I can use to do some etching with. Oh, I wonder if you could do you would do it with lasers. That'd be interesting. All right, one very long bus ride back to uh, to Baltimore, unless you guys want to like meet in Tripoli later. One scene, one uh, clockwise labor. Yep. And given that it's a couple hours up and a couple hours back, I figure Jeremiah and Gregory could work on translating the research notes. There you go. So, Jeremiah and Gregory. Hmm. I need you both to roll knowledge history. Hmm. Knowledge. And it's going to be a hard one because this is a an extremely dead elven language. So it's going to be I'll say difficulty four. Right, I don't have the specific history skill. Do I just, just roll it's knowledge? Just, yeah, you just roll the knowledge skill then because um, so Colin hmm. you can either have them both roll or it can be an assisted roll. Right, and for the record, I have four uh, intellect. And if you don't have history, then unless you have more intellect, then uh, I would roll and you would give me one boost die. Yeah, I have three intellect. All right, yeah, so go ahead and uh, Bosco roll difficulty four, uh, but give yourself a boost die. All right. Is it time to engage brilliant? I think I would rather save that for the heist. Although, maybe I could use magic. There is the to augment. Augment yeah, augment, which allows you to do various things. Yeah, I remember looking at that earlier. Now, the specific rules for the combat use of augment doesn't really have anything for boosting intelligence or knowledge or anything like that. But it does say that the default difficulty of an Augment spell is average to yes. purple. And if you're successful, you uh, increase any ability by one. So you can go ahead and try and roll Augment to help give you that bonus first. Alright. Basically, I would like to enchant my books so that the right ones pop out and pop open to the right pages for what we need. I'll say that's average difficulty, yeah. So go ahead and roll two. Augment your book. Alright. Get this done. Ooh, pretty nice. That's four successes and one threat. One threat. My strain goes up by two for casting a spell. It's a bit more exhausting than you thought it would be, you can either suffer two strain or one wound, because it says controlling player's choice. I you, I tell you that you have to do that, but you get the choice between the two. I'll take the strain. Okay. So Easier for me to get rid of strain. Yeah, so it's actually four strain and not two. 
All right, so you get to add a green dice to this roll. So go ahead and roll knowledge history with your bonus green dice. All right, so you're, you're sure I don't get anything else? Because that is what I was fishing for, a bit more than just what it says it can do in combat. Take a difficulty off. Or add a rank to knowledge history. Yeah, go ahead and add a rank to knowledge history instead of just giving yourself a, a green dice. Instead? On top of. Is what I meant. Alright, so all in all I will add one yellow die to the roll. Mm-hmm. Alright, let's see what happens. I get one advantage and everything else is cancelled out. Yep. Wow. Okay. So, you don't have any books that can translate this for you. There's nothing. It's just extremely old. It is a very, very old tome that no one has seen anything quite like this before, except for one person, and this is your advantage. One of the books, a relatively newer one in your collection, points towards a professor in MIT. And this might not seem particularly useful, this Audrey Clark who works at MIT, until you do a bit more research into Audrey Clark and find out that she was only going by Audrey until Revelation Day, where it turns out she was a kobold wearing a glamour the entire time, and her name is actually Vis Clark. And between her being Faye and her being somewhat of an expert on, like, translating text, she might be able to help. All right. Well, I feel embarrassed. Usually my library is able to pick up just about everything we lay down here, but man, this dialect, floofy as all hell. It is an exceedingly old text. This particular language is not even used by the elves anymore. It is the deadest of the dead languages. Sure is. I mean, I, I can tell it's got its roots in the uh, the higher old elven, but I don't know how much you know about comparative language theory, but this is like Etruscan up in here. That vaguely rings a bell, but I'm afraid I don't catch the exact reference, but I understand the general meaning. Well, fair enough. Uh, guess we're going to MIT. Never knew that place was had a thorough language studies section. Yeah, I I was surprised when I googled it that, but it said that it's one of the best places to go for for this sort of thing. So I was like, okay. Well, you know, when you make the kill the robots, you want to make sure there's that every language, you know, every nation knows that they're about to be destroyed. Fair enough. You, you might not be completely off base there, because uh, programming languages are called that for a reason. All right, so 
here's the question. Are you going to MIT first or are you going to Tripoli first? Mm. Well, maybe someone who doesn't need to be involved in the heist can go to MIT. Well, I have to be the heist because I'm the muscle. Mm. I mean, I can fucking go. Do I need to be involved in the heist? Do you need gun for heist? They might. Here's how I'm envisioning this. Not so much a museum heist as a museum con. Oh, okay. (laughs) So you need someone that can lie, which I'm not good at. Yeah. Sadly, the best person for that is uh, off in another dimension at the moment. But yeah, the idea is uh, Bosco will present himself as an expert in magical artifacts, discover that the uh, Ring of Solomon is a well-produced fake, confiscate it as evidence, and then at some point in the future, return it saying that uh, you found the real one in a in a garage sale or something. I, I don't think that part's important. Important part is no harm, no foul. Don't think the legal system works on that, but okay. <laughs> it does if you're never caught. Look, by that point, you will be so famous and rich that it will not matter. Or you'll be dead, and it will not matter either. So, you know, win-win. Win-win-win. All right, so who's going to go talk to the kobold? Also, by the way, uh, kobolds are dogs, goblins are cats. I will not elaborate farther. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Okay, so... Because I think the museum bit is probably going to take a little bit longer, especially if things go wrong. Uh, Do we want to do the museum first or do we want to do MIT first? Do the museum. Yeah, let's do the museum first. Okay. So you and Gregory fly. Why am I going on the heist? I mean, you volunteered. Yeah. Well, I thought that was going to be like an actual heist and you would need muscle, but if it's just like Connie, then I'm not so sure. Plus, I think it would be really funny for a robot man to just walk into MIT. <laughs> well, if nothing else, you've, you've got that robot brain up there, right? You can call all sorts of information into it. Hmm. There should probably be at least one other person going on the heist. Plus, if things do go south, then... Yes, I, I am an old man with brittle bones. Right, Someone is going enough. to have to, you know, go fucking cyber psycho and pick up and throw cars around. I could probably do that, yeah. Alright. Uh, so, uh, you two arrive in Tripoli, and I don't know how much sightseeing you want to do, but it's very easy to figure out where the Ring of Solomon is because it is in what is known as the Red Castle Museum, which is a like a castle that was converted into a history museum. So how are you going to handle this? I am super going to set off the metal detector. <laughs> <laughs> you really are. should probably mention that uh, 
Well, again, because of all of the research done for hermetic magic, Bonsko probably does speak Arabic, but a very old dialect. Antiquated. There we go. But yeah, between that and just basic English, plus probably a little French. Although, again, very heavily accented French, because he picked up most of what he knows in Louisiana. The, the language barrier can be bridged with the locals. Right. And uh, I suppose the first thing to do is to call in and basically convince them that uh, an inspection by Bosco is a good idea, uh, especially a swift investigation by Bosco, since, uh, you know, like, now that magic is active and everybody knows about it, uh, best to get those uh, ancient magical artifacts under the proper amount of protection, lest either it go crazy and start exploding randomly, or lest some crazy and explodey wizards show up in order to retrieve said artifacts. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, hang on. First things first. I gotta roll something to uh, remove some of my strain from the last... Oh, yeah. Oh, that's all of it then. <laughs> okay. That's five successes on the dice uh, out of four strain. We're good. Alright. Good job. Okay, so you're trying to basically lie your way into the museum. So I'm going to need you to roll deception. I did not have anyone thought up when uh, when creating this particular bit because I legit I only had this heist. encounter statted for combat and sneaking. No yeah. talking was assumed. Yeah, that's legit. Yeah, so... um. Go ahead and roll Deception Difficulty 3, but I'm going to spend a story point to upgrade it, so this, uh, so it's two purple and a red. I don't have any point. I don't have anything in Deception, though, so I can help you out. Um, what's your, what's your presence score? My what? Presence. Oh, oh uh, one. It would, it would actually be Cunning. Oh, is, is Cunning? Okay. Okay. Cunning for Deception. Mine is two. What's yours? Mine is also two. Huh. Well, I have a point in skullduggery. <laughs> that doesn't help. That's stealing things and removing traps, not lying. Yeah. Metal detector is a kind of a trap. <laughs> <laughs> Might help with uh, plan B, but... Hey, you know how I said I wanted to save Brilliant for later? Yeah. I'm saving Brilliant for now. <laughs> the time is now. All right. Dice are now in my favor. And wow. Wow. Okay. That's, uh, so six successes and four threat. All right. So the person on the other line agrees to the swift inspection and um, when you arrive at the Red Castle, the curator is there, as well as what appears to be a werewolf. They are well over six feet tall. They're probably the tallest person you've seen during this venture since Mr. Piers. 
They are wearing a sort of like white shirt, black tie, black overcoat situation. But they're also wearing what appears to be like combat leathers, both in pants and uh, boots. And on their right hand is a glove, mostly made out of leather, but there are some very odd silver looking additions on it. And the curator says uh, in fairly broken English, Mr. Bosco, this is Mr. And uh, the werewolf just smiles and says, call me Timothy. And it's uh, it's not Mr. Apologies. This is Timothy. They also will be helping you confirm the authenticness of the items in in hand. Authenticity, I think, is the word you were looking for there. I said he was... He wasn't good at English. <laughs> Neither am I, but that's beside the point. And Timothy walks up to you and they say, Yeah. Yeah, so... Let's make sure that you're on the up and up there, Mr. Bosco. He gives you a big toothy grin. You can see all their pointed teeth. Well, by all means, uh, two sets of eyes are better than one. And uh, just inside his own head, Bosco is thinking, I never knew I wanted to see a Terminator fight a werewolf, but now I just... (laughs) (laughs) And they say, well then, which items would you like to inspect? Well, how about we start with the most ancient and work our way forwards from there? By all means, let's. And they walk with you as you go through. And eventually you come up to a case where, amongst some other items uh, inside of it, is the Ring of Solomon, which it looks like it was forged from white bronze. Uh, and it's inscribed with the seal of Solomon, which is like a star with some runes inside and all that. The shank of the ring, which is like the outside of the ring, it like it looks like it's been pockmarked throughout the years, but the metal is still shining basically as bright as the day as it was forged. I need you both to give me a perception roll of some sort. Against? Three red. That is big. GR is big. GR is big. I got a threat. Well, that's funny. (laughs) I got the exact same result. (laughs) All right. No eyeballs on these guys. No eyeballs on these guys. Well, technically, no, not on me. Not true. For Jeremiah. (laughs) All right. So, Timothy just sort of stands there and goes and. I believe this is the Ring of Solomon. All right. Well, I will put in the time to actually investigate uh, all of the items. And essentially what my plan here is to sort of bypass the actual authenticator's knowledge by just going straight for the magical stuff. 
so that uh, uh, yes, they are able to determine authenticity based on you know physical aspects such as uh, the various radioactive element dating techniques, strata discovered, uh, all that kind of thing. And so I'm basically uh, carving out my specialty as being just strictly magical percentage, magic traces, magical signatures from various uh, different spellcasters. And so my goal, just to get right to the heart of it, my goal is to show that this artifact and uh, presumably the fact that this is enchanted means that uh, properly dating it using traditional techniques is difficult since uh, it, it doesn't show signs of aging the way that normal unenchanted artifacts would. And so what I want to do is prove at least as far as the museum employees are concerned, that a lesser hermetic wizard enchanted something that looks like the Ring of Solomon and uh, behaves similar to the Ring of Solomon, but is not nearly as magical or powerful as the true Ring of Solomon. Ring like of Solomon boy. <laughs> and that they did so in order to uh, steal the true Ring of Solomon from another wizard who had it at that moment. Alright. So this is still going to be a deception roll. It's going to be against Tim's vigilance, which is pretty good. So this is once again three reds. Alright. Well, I'm wondering if I can boost myself with a magic spell beforehand. Like, because I am using magical means of authentication and I just, you know, slipping a uh, magical enhancement. And in addition, I would like to take advantage of my ranks in coercion to, uh, well, let's just say get a little rude because I've got scathing tirade improved. And I may use this talent to make an average coercion check. For each success the check generates, one enemy within short range suffers one strain. For each advantage, one enemy affected by Scathing Tirade suffers one additional strain. Enemies affected by your character's Scathing Tirade add one setback to all skill checks they make, for a number of rounds equal to my character's rank in coercion. Okay. So I, I'm going to start laying into this werewolf. So it's against... Discipline, which he doesn't, he is not trained in, I don't think. I don't think well, Scathing Tirade is just against a flat two purple. Oh, okay. Alright. But yeah, considering the circumstances, the Scathing Tirade is less just openly laying into the werewolf and more uh, passive aggressive insults and questioning of his uh, skills and. Qualifications. Oh, okay. But yeah, let's get the coercion done. 2P, one success, and four advantages. Alright, so exactly how does this work again so I can mark it down appropriately? 
I'm going to target the werewolf since he's the most active watcher. Mm-hmm. And so one success is I get to target him, and for each advantage, one enemy affected by scathing tirade suffers one additional strain. So that's a total of five strain. All right, they have taken five strain. And also he gets one set back for two rounds. Which I believe we can just straight translate into one advantage die for my check. Yes. That sounds correct. That sounds reasonable. It's still a difficulty three red, but you also get a a boost dice for that. Right. And the one other thing I'm going to do is spend another story point to give myself a bit of an upgrade. Okay. Oof. Now Yo, this is interesting. That's an interesting rule. Because okay. everything cancels out except we've rolled the critical result on both the good and the bad dice. How do I want to play this out? <laughs> <laughs> Solve this mystery, asshole. <laughs> so, Colin, I'll help you out by starting with there are no uncancelled successes. So yeah. it is still a failure. It is still a failure. All right. Unfortunately. Well, one last question, though. Can I get another blue from uh, the robot helping? F2 cunning. Gregory, I would assume, would have enough magical knowledge to just be able to chime in on like a, yeah, it'd actually be really dangerous. Yeah, yeah, so I'll, I'll give you that. So go ahead and roll one more blue. All right. No successes, <laughs> but no at least I've got a... Advantages. Couple advantages. I immediately know how I want the despair to go down. As you're laying into Timothy, Timothy sort of just sort of nods, nods, and then like sort of reaches up to their ear, says something very quietly, and then when you go to turn to inspect the um the ring, you do feel a gun pressing against your back, and Gregory, you can see this person now. He's got long brown hair. He's wearing like a red and black mask and he's dressed mostly in like brown leathers. Uh, and there's like a distinct interior lining that is shining and has a burnt red coloration. And from what you were working on earlier, you know this guy's coat is lined with adamantine. But Whoa. he has subtly pressed a gun against boss goes back and says mind coming with us we have a few questions about your qualifications sir and the triumph that's up to you how do you want to spend that spend the triumph to say that I was there all along (laughs) I mean if you want oh no sir it is I who has the gun pressed to your back (laughs) oh no I've I've got it I was so successful in my uh, scathing tirade in my passive-aggressive questioning of Timothy's qualifications that uh, he is also now under suspicion. They. Narratively, that wouldn't work because they work with each other and they've worked with each other for years. Shapeshifters exist, though. Shapeshifters do be existing, though. Hmm. 
I mean, technically a werewolf is a shapeshifter. Damn. <laughs> Can you imagine someone just pretending to be somebody else who would do that? Damn. Damn. What kind of weirdo would do something like that? What kind of weirdo would pay $8 to do something like that? How about this? How about this? I was going to have Timothy walk with this guy, but I'll let you spend the triumph for the person who just came up, whose name is Eddie. Uh, as Timothy starts walking, he turns to them and says, No, Tim, I think you should probably stay here. Uh, guy laid into you pretty, pretty well. We wouldn't want you embarrassing yourself again. And Timothy just sort of like narrows their eyes at this person, but uh, just sort of walks off. And the person with the gun says, As I said, you might want to walk the way I'm about to direct you. I, I would like to spend the two advantages to learn Timothy's flaw. Hard to Eddie. understand. No, that's Eddie. Oh, right. Eddie's the one that's hard to understand. He Timothy. really loves chocolate, but he can't eat it. <laughs> uh, they are very prideful. Right, they, my bad. But the other person the who has not introduced themselves uh, yet just starts escorting you away from the Ring of Solomon. Gregory, what are you doing while, when this happens? Uh, I'm going along with this until I get a signal to start fucking shit up. Okay. You are led into the back rooms. Oh, crap. We're never getting out of here. No, no. Like, offices and stuff. Uh, you're led to an office in the back rooms. And the the guy in the trench coat says, Have a seat right in that chair. And then he pulls out a second gun and just points one at Bosco and one at Gregory. Not that I don't think a gun would do much to Gregory, but he's... You can hit something delicate, but yeah. Also, do we have to sit in the same chair? Because that's just weird. No, no, it's not. You don't have to sit in the same chair. There's a couple chairs there. And he, he just like sort of hops onto the desk and sits on that, pointing the guns at you. Now, I have to say, this is an awfully rude way of approaching someone who's offered his time and help in service of this museum. And if you are so worried about my qualifications, I believe my assistant over there would be more than happy to show you exactly why we are in this museum. And that's your signal. Rad. Uh, I'm going to just, like, whip the halberd out and try to knock at least one of the guns out of his hands. Or at least point, get them not pointing at Bosco. Alright, so at this point we're gonna need, uh, we're gonna need initiative rolls. Bosco and Gregory roll cool. The dude rolls... Wow, that's an initiative roll and a half there, Jeremiah Bosco. You can ignore the boost. That was an accident. Uh, okay, I need to figure out which one. So, would you describe this? This is this, this is prepared, right? Yeah, th this is prepared. Yeah, it might be vigilance on his part, but it's cool it on ours. Yeah, it's cool on your part, but it is vigilance on his and his partner's part. Is there a fourth person in the room? Yes, there is. Gross. Well, just two at the moment. Alright, so both the NPCs get to go first, then. 
However, Jeremiah has a triumph on his roll. Jeremiah does have a triumph on his roll, so you get to make an immediate maneuver. I'm going to jump behind the desk. Give right. myself some cover. Okay, that works. So, the first person that is going to go is someone who's been with you the entire time, just being stealthy, and they are going to try and shoot you with their silenced pistol. And by you, I mean, well, the only person that they can reasonably uh, try and attack is um, Gregory. And I believe we're at short range, and I believe short range is one dice? Yes, one dice. Take your fucking shot. All right. Um, Time for a bunch of loud-ass gunfire to fill uh, no, this, this is museum. A, this, it's a fin- I said it was a silenced pistol. They have a silencer on it. That means it makes no noise. That just means quiet. It doesn't mean actually silent, unless it's a <laughs> magic <know>. thing. <laughs> you hear a couple of muffled bangs, Gregory, as a bullet hits you for six total damage. Oh, wait. They also get a critical. So uh, go ahead and roll the critical um, the critical button for me, please. Oof. You rolled a wow, 95. Rolled real high. Hmm. So you... Every time you perform an action, not a maneuver, an action, you suffer a strain. Basically, this shot gets you someplace real fucking important, and you're leaking some sort of magical fluid all over the place. So it did six damage? Yes, it did six damage. What does uh, soak apply to that? Uh, Soak, you just take the number that I said and subtract it by your soak. Okay, so it did one damage. Soak is one for one. So yes, uh, it did it did one damage, but like whatever protection you have, it got through that and it hit something extremely vital. It sounds like it hit like a coolant tube. Yeah, they got a good shot off, but they're gonna get fucked up by a robot now. Uh, if you can find them. Hmm. What do they get to go invisible using a maneuver? Because they spent their action firing. Uh, or do they not uncloak to shoot? It's not that they. Hold on, let me take a look here. Yeah, they're going to spend their maneuver to uh, roll stealth. So who's got the highest perception? Because that's what I'm going to roll it against. I think we uh, both have two green. perception, and I have, you know, two counting, so. Oh, yeah. So you have, so I'm going to roll it against one red and one black and one purple. Oh, no. Okay. So um, they don't roll enough advantages to be able to use their ability. Uh, So you do see who fired. They are hiding in like some dark corner in this office and it's humanoid person dressed in lots of dark colors, uh, wearing a mask, has like facial paint over their eyes to to help conceal themselves even better, wearing a long red trench coat with more adamantine in it holding a pistol with a silencer on it and also some sort of thin blade hmm. Colin are they were they hiding mundanely then if they're laced with anti-magic metal yes they're just really good at sneaking and we're really bad at spotting them we did roll like perception really yeah that's why earlier. I that's why I asked for perception rolls earlier uh, so next up is the next NPC. Eddie 
is going to spend a maneuver standing up on the desk and uh, then looking around on the other side. And are you hiding under the desk or just behind the desk there, Bosco? I am trying to put the desk between me and them. If he wants to get behind me, he would have to be like within engaged with me. Yeah, he's going to be in engaged range of you. That's a difficulty. That is a difficulty. So he is going to try and shoot. It's a difficulty one, but with, uh, I think. Yeah, engaged with opponent while armed with a one-handed ranged weapon. Plus one difficulty to the roll. Ah, okay, so it's going to be two difficulty then. Yeah, so it goes up from close range. He misses, but he does get an advantage. He's going to give a blue to uh, to Barbara's next uh, check. All right. Between the PCs, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first, I guess. I sort of indicated for you to go first. Yeah. And I've got something completely different to do with my turn, so go ahead. I'm going to, since I have visibility of Barbara now, focus on Barbara, I think, for the moment. Okay. So again, I'm just going to go at them with the halberd here. All right. So melee is always a difficulty two, but she has the talent adversary one, which upgrades the difficulty of the combat. So you're going to be rolling one red and one purple. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, is that good? Prepare to die instantly. (laughs) That is pretty good. Um, Okay. So, hey, Ape, remember that critical thing that happened to you earlier? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got to mark a strain. Oh, God, I'm down to 13 strain. <laughs> so you deal a total of six damage. And you have a triumph. Uh, I'm just going to inflict a critical injury. <laughs> okay. I will go ahead and roll on the critical Add one setback die to their next check. Okay. Um, So you stab her real well. Her armor looks like it can absorb a pretty good amount of stuff. Special magic, Halbert. But your weapon just, it it, like pierces through a lot of it, um, which is my way of saying she normally has four, so you ignore three of it. (laughs) So she takes five damage. Mm. Flesh beings have not so much... Wounds. As I'd be half her health. Depending on how you round, yeah. <laughs> and she did, uh, she did, let me check here, uh, one out of my 16. Yeah, but she also fucked you up real good. Yeah, but that, she had the drop on me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Colin, what are you doing with that threat? Uh, with the threat? Um, I forgot. There's really not much I can do with the threat. Uh, suffer another strain. Oh, no. Down to 12. So if this takes more than 12 actions <laughs> for me total, we might be in trouble. Unless I get another triumph, in which case I can replenish one. All right, Bosco, you're up. All right. I am going to reach into my coat, pull out a silk handkerchief, flip it open, Slap it on the ground, because on that thing is a prepared summoning circle. Okay. 
I am going to conjure some assistance for this fight. Okay. Robocop. Conjure. All right. So the base difficulty is one. Are you doing any additional effects? Yes, I am stacking on medium summon, which means that I summon in a rival rather than a minion. Mm-hmm. And I am going to add in summon ally, which means that I can direct the creature to obey my commands for as long as they are summoned. All right. What are you looking to uh, summon here? I am summoning the 44th demon, Shax. Shax? Shax is one bad mother. Shut your mouth. I'm just talking about Shax. Then I can dig it. Anyone who has played Destiny is like really confused right now. Also a little <laughs> hype. All right. Yeah, I found it. And a thing I can reskin to be a demon is a gargoyle. But I'll just use the, say that you summon a demon that just basically acts like a gargoyle. Yeah. Well, uh, what a weird coincidence. Shax is a great marquise and appeareth in the form of a stock dove. Speaking with a hoarse and subtle voice, his office is to take away the sight, hearing, and understanding of any man or woman at the command of the exorcist. Okay, well, I'm going to make it a gargoyle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you summoned I've, the flashbang is what you've done. I have made my arcana roll. I have gotten at least one success. Mm-hmm. So Shax appears, and it is a giant dove. And I shout at Shax, uh, make this fool deaf, dumb, and blind. Uh, you're going to add a setback dice to any attempt to cast spells until the end of your next turn. All right. And uh, Shax gives a begrudging, as you wish. You got it, Guardian. <laughs> It does specify what kind of voice you should use for this guy. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's what I was trying to go for. <laughs> yeah, for the record, ordering Shax uh, spent my maneuver as well. Okay. So what does Shax do? Uh, Shax is just going to attack, because you said it was fine to just attack. So Shax goes over to Eddie and tries to claw his eyes out. And if this, if this hits, it does a base of six damage and has a critical of three and also has piercing one well it hits but it only does the bare minimum damage yeah but it's also probably really confusing like the suddenly there's this giant fucking dove attacking you <laughs> all right eddie has two rough soap, dove. so four and also uh they are going to suffer one strain which since they are a rival that means they suffer they suffered that in wounds. Uh, the guard, the the demons, down to fourteen wounds. Oh no! Oh man! What will we do? All right, NPC turn. Barbara has second thoughts. Eh, not necessarily. Uh, Eddie is going to unload into the fucking demon. He is firing into melee, so once again it does um, add to difficulty. Okay. This idiot names his guns. Fucking dork. Everybody laugh at the dork who names his guns. Uh, let me let me do something real quick. I just need to roll uh, one of these. Alright. Dork ass hoe. Because the, uh, the gargoyle does have defense. 
two. No, if you have a pair of guns and you name them, and the name isn't Rudy and Tootie, you're a loser. <laughs> so, he does six, pierce one, so he does two damage. What does he use with his triumph? Critical hit. Such as shooting the controls to the nearby blast doors to seal them shut. Ooh. So, he fires into shacks with one gun, but the other gun is aimed at the floor and he shoots the summoning circle. It doesn't completely destroy Shax, but what it does is it gets rid of the control trigger that you had on there. Alright. Alright, and Shax is raising a claw again, pauses, and goes, I'm free. And just sort of like turns around and stares daggers down at you, Bosco. He is only allowed to go after I go, even with this. I know. I know. This. I'm not rolling separate initiative for him, and I'm not making him do anything else, I'm. but he is very mad that you successfully bound him, so. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Uh, the other NPC, Barbara, she takes that sword, and she's going to try and uh, swipe at Gregory there. Don't forget, she gets a setback because of her critical injury. And she gets a boost because of the uh, advantage from Eddie earlier. So three successes and a threat. So ten damage, pierce three. Yep. So, yeah, Gregory, you take... You said you had five soak earlier? Yeah. Yeah, you take five damage. And one melee defense. Oh, oh. Let me roll another black roll dice. Roll another black die. Yep. Okay, you take a total of four damage as she just stabs you right through your jacket, pulls it out, notices that you're bleeding like blue coolant, and she says, huh, weird. They don't usually bleed glowing blue. All right. Perceptive. What do you want to do with that threat? Because I usually let the players decide the threats. Yeah, I'll have them suffer a strain, I suppose. All right, and since their arrival, it translates to wounds. And is there anything that she can do? Die. No, she can't. Uh, she can try and sneak again, I suppose. Uh, so let's do I that. I don't see how, considering Gregory is standing directly in front of her and Not looking true. directly at her. Yeah, true. You usually need cover or concealment or something. All right. It'd be a really high difficulty roll, but I'm curious to see you try it. <laughs> you can have her take a guarded stance. I could, yeah. Guarded stance just adds a defense, right? Yes. I believe so. Yeah. All right. So, yep. She'll take a guarded stance against your next uh, move against her. Who wants to go first amongst the PCs? Uh, Bosco, this seems like more pertinent for you to go. If you like. Go with your bird. <laughs> All right, so uh, with the gesture, the magic circle burns up in an instant like flash paper, and uh, the bird disappears because conjuration spells require concentration. Curse you, Vasca! And if I don't spend a maneuver concentrating, then the spell ends. Rip. <laughs> hey, that's something off my table, though. At which point I look around at Eddie and say, you didn't think I just brought the one, did you? 
pull out another silken <laughs> handkerchief. Just right. like I'm like clown, like tied together like a clown. Just da 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 da. I mean, that's why they're silk, because they they pack up really small. No, that would be more of a thing for his apprentice, honestly. You should have them like sewn into the lining of your coat. No, then they'd be hard to get out. Go ahead and roll it. Okay, so this time I am going to perform a grand summon. Okay. It summons a rival again up to silhouette three instead of one. So this this fella's gonna pack the room. Alright. So here's the thing. You are also rolling with a setback dice because of the uh, the threat from earlier. Okay. And uh, in addition, I'm also spending the the extra one to uh, also get some an ally benefit. That's a total of four purple dice. And with all that in mind, uh, I will spend another story point to upgrade one of my dice. Okay. Just to be on the safe side. Okay. Okay. That is two successes and a triumph. Okay, so let me find a silhouette three thing here. I summon Andrus. He is a great Marquise, appearing in the form of an angel with a head like a black knight raven, riding upon a strong black wolf with a sharp bright sword flourishing in his hand. His office is to sow discords. If the exorcist hath not care, he will kill him and his fellows. Please have care. <laughs> I did. All right. Andrus ruined this man's day. With pleasure. Uh, and so I guess that's your action and then your maneuver. So uh, Andrus is going to try and ruin Eddie's day. So that's two. And just for reference, even if I don't order the summon to... Uh, do something. They the allied effects is still active. It's just it's going to be up to you to decide what what the ally does. Well, that's three attacks and uh, th okay. Well, uh, he rips <laughs> into Eddie quite literally. That's twelve damage. Ooh, Eddie dies. Sex fucking excuse you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's 12 damage. What monster is this thing? It's called a uh, Barachuro Demon. And it has three different attacks. I chose the most Barack deadly. Obama. <laughs> uh, and it, it deals 10 damage and has a critical three, has pierce two. Okay, so that's just a full 12 damage on Eddie. Well, critical three and three advantages. Yeah, that's that was where I was going for next. Uh, so Eddie has to roll twice because He's over his wounds threshold. Agonizing wound, increase all. Okay, and then the second one is staggered. All right, well, he's also, he's down for the count. Uh, the demon just basically shoves his sword into Eddie, lifts him up in the air, slams him down on the ground right next to you. And Eddie And is... then attacks again because of staggered. That's what, that's what the staggered critical wound is, is the attacker just attacks again immediately if it yeah. wants to. Yeah, okay, and then, um... Two shreds, you say. <laughs> Ruin his day, you say. I'm not even rolling with difficulty dice because he is prone, so uh, just seeing how much damage he does. Uh, so that's another 11 
So 16 plus 11 is 27. He's not, well, he does get another critical hit because uh, of this at the brink. Okay. All right. Okay. So yeah, uh, Eddie's not having a good time. He's barely not dead. Barely. If he had suffered one more damage, he would have been killed outright. Doesn't he do that? Because he doesn't have a separate strain pool? Being defeated by exceeding their wound threshold usually entails death, but the overall interpretation is up to the GM. The GM can decide that they pass out due to shock, or so injured they can no longer fight, or knocked unconscious, or suffer any other option that fits the GM's plans for the ongoing narrative. This is about NPCs and creatures. Okay, alright. So, uh, honestly, there's no way Eddie is surviving this then, because fuck it. Nope, he's dead. Eddie is bisected. Ah, uh, we're just going there, huh? Yep. Uh, uh, Bosco, you see Eddie, the top half of Eddie fall down, and then a minute later, the bottom half, and it smells awful. Take the cool coat. It's a bit ruined at the moment. But speaking of cutting things in half, I believe it's Jeremy's turn. And Gregory. Gre- Gregory's Gre- turn. Yeah. Gregory, so, you're up. Now- I don't want to question Barbara's life decisions. I don't under, I'm not I'm not in their head. I don't know what they think or feel, but if I saw my coworker get torn in half by a demon and I realized I was fighting a robot man, I would consider am I getting paid enough for this? <laughs> a crow-headed demon. And you demon. know what? And you know what? Honestly, her next action was going to be to run away. A crow-headed demon riding a wolf with angel wings. Yeah. I know that guy from Castlevania. (laughs) So, are you going to do anything, or are you just going to let Barbara run? Well, I have no indication that they're going to run. I think you can at least get indications outside of turn order. Like, want to surrender. Yeah, or if you're like, it's like, nope. Yeah, you see, you see Barbara's eyes sort of like look over and then go wide, and you see her contemplating her life choices made up to this to this moment that has led to this situation. I would advise you to stand down. You know what? You don't have to tell me twice. Uh, throws her gun and sword on the ground, puts up her hands, and just starts booking it. Can we let her leave? Yeah, you should probably tell her not to do that. Halt, criminal scum. Yeah. <laughs> She's not a criminal. She was hired to guard the museum. Yeah, we're the criminals. We're the criminals. Um, Criminal scum. Halt. Criminal scum. (laughs) Halt criminal scum with new Bonto. But no, you should actually tell her not to run so she can't, like, alert anybody. Oh, no. You won't be going anywhere. Take a seat, please. She looks at the desk that the demon is currently over at, and she's like, mm, no, I I don't think I will. Oh, don't worry. He's armless, unless uh, someone I don't like enters the room. I, I still am inclined to say no to let, that. Let me, s- let me put it to you this way. We're about to leave, and I'm about to take Andrews here with me. Would you rather go or stay? She just sort of, like, huddles herself back into a corner, and she goes, go for it. 
thank you for your cooperation. Sorry about your Eddie. No, I don't actually say that one. <laughs> well, you never got his name anyway, so you, so you, all three of you leave with the demon, correct? Like you, you, both of you and the demon. Yes. Yep. All right. We still got to go get the ring. We know where it is. We weren't blindfolded to uh, be taken here, so. Yep. Hang on. I'm going to do a mechanics. Can I do a mechanics check to stop my leaking? Um, That's a thing I, I think do as a robot. I, yeah, you have to. Okay, so hold um, on. I, hold on. So first of all, first of all, end of combat. This happens every time. Everybody who is alive rolls <laughs> either vigilance or cool to recover strain. No difficulty dice. Okay, and that's yep. under... And Barbara technically doesn't have strain, so she's not going to roll. Alright, three successes, and so I am down to one strain. Vigilance is higher for me. A success, so I'm down to one strain. Is critical injury recovery, page 117. I believe it depends on the critical injury you have, and if you've... Uh, and if it you... Does. If you're doing it on yourself, you upgrade the difficulty by one? Yeah. Medicine. It's a medicine check. Well, for me, it's mechanics because of the robot class. Yeah. Sadly, I do not have the kind of magic that can cast healing spells, so... I can pass over one of my magic poultices, but that'll only work on your wounds. Okay. The... Difficulty, so it would ordinarily be a medicine check, but I guess in your case it's mechanics. The difficulty is the severity of the critical injury. Yeah, so it would be three, because at the brink is a difficulty three. And it goes up by two when you try and do it to yourself. Oh, uh, is it upgraded mm. or added difficulty? It says increase the difficulty of the check by two. And since it's increase and not upgrade, then it's yes. five purple is what yes. you're rolling. Hmm. Well, mechanics is one of my best stats, but still... It's better than not trying. Yeah, I don't think failing makes it worse, so... Failing doesn't make it worse, but you can only attempt to fix it, like, once a week or something. Might even be once a month. Like, they're, they're real mean about how often you can do this. Yeah. Peace. Uh, I've got really good mechanics as well. If you want to wait until we get back home, we get back So home. it's one, like, only one attempt by anybody at the... Yeah. Uh, uh, any one character can only make one attempt to heal a particular critical injury per week of game time. So, no, it could you could make one, and then I can make one. Oh. Okay, so there's literally no downside for me to try. Yeah, correct. So, so, right, but so it's still five, difficulty five. Yes. So five B or five P. Five P. Five P. Okay, five P. Okay, I got Yo, you hey, you succeeded. Yeah, I said mechanics is one of my better skills. You no longer have that critical injury. Yeah. So I can just delete that. Yeah, I am going to say though. Um, I kind of want to be mean and say one wound, but that's a, I think that's a little too mean. I have like 10. Okay, yeah. I, have, uh, well, you, I actually have 11 you, left, so it, yeah. It hurts to 
to do this. Like you, you damage a few things in the process of of a. Uh, no longer to, leaking. You're no longer leaking, but it's it's you had to break some stuff in order to stop leaking. So uh, one wound. Yeah, I'll take it. There are worse things in life. I do have my magic poultices. I was down to thirteen strain. That could have got could have gotten ugly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, as you guys are basically leaving the back rooms in order to get back to the museum proper, uh, do you unsummon the demon at that point? No, we're done being subtle. Okay. Um, the alarms start going off. How entirely expected. <laughs> they have an anti-demon. Well, yeah, it makes sense. They have an anti-demon sensing system. They have the Ring of Solomon. It's not anti-demon stuff. It's that Barbara has a cell phone. She just called the police and hit the, in case of someone trying to steal something, break glass button. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, in any event, uh, as we're walking, Bosco just says, you know, in fairness, I warned them that this would happen. <laughs> <laughs> Leave magic items without enough proper protections. A uh, angry wizard's go- gonna come in with the giant fuck off demon and take it. You did warn them. I have the logs to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I don't know what I want you to roll in order to see if you get to the ring before the police arrive. Probably athletics. I'm gonna say probably athletics. Just to Colin, they are in the building. The cops are not. Yeah, I I would like to roll coercion just to pave the way here, so to speak. Just we we can get there at a walking pace long before the police arrive, and if no one tries to get in our way, then we'll get there at a walking pace. Love to see the person who sees this coming at them. This crow demon angel riding a wolf just coming at them and just like, hey, you stop right How there, mister. How long does conjuration last? Until I lose my concentration, so until I stop spending my maneuvers on it. Okay. Alright, yeah. Um, go, yeah, go ahead and roll coercion. Uh, difficulty one. There might be some stupid idiot who might think that uh, they can take a a demon on like this. There's like fucking Paul Blart there. <laughs> I know there's a werewolf in the building, so, you know, might want to take his chances. Oh, yeah, and uh, because of werewolf stuff, he has healed all the wound strain stuff that uh, dealt to him. Three successes and one advantage. All right, yeah. Um, how are you going to spend that advantage? Oh, let's just shore it up. Get rid of my last bit of strain. Okay. Feeling good. Big dick energy right now. You're not wrong, robot. Just because it's fun and I had two more people in planned for a fight in case more people decided to come. As you walk down the hallways, you run into Timothy. And then also you run into an orc who has scars all over his face. And also one really particularly interesting looking brand over his right eye. Gregory, you would recognize this as something similar to what Grant has. So this guy apparently at some point pissed off someone important to the Fae and uh, and was branded for it. And he is wearing adamantine arm guards. And he's also dressed like mostly in leathers. He, and he has like 
brass knuckles with like short blades attached to them in his hands. And you've also run into most people call them a tiefling because they are D&D poisoned, but they prefer to be called the Shikuri. She's she's got horns, cloven feet, a demon tail, and she's holding a sniper rifle. And like on her back is a automatic weapon and they look ready to fight. And then Timothy sees that you've got a big fucking demon on him. And he's like, you know what? Nope. I'm go. Let's go guys. We're packing. We're going. They're like, yeah, okay. And they just leave. If it makes you feel any better. I'm still going to give it back once I'm done. And the Shikuri's coat is also aligned with adamantine. Everybody in this group, except for Timothy, has adamantine armor, and the only reason Timothy doesn't is because it would screw with his spells. Sure is a lot of this shit kicking around all of a sudden. I specifically had a backstory written for them. They stole a shipment of adamantine and have basically fled Europe entirely because they're wanted criminals in Europe for stealing a shipment of adamantine. I already didn't feel bad about killing Eddie because he names his guns. Uh, I (laughs) super... Still don't feel bad. Hold on, I'm gonna scroll back and see what he named him. What? Did, what? Desire and aversion. Fuck that dude. I'm glad he's. <laughs> yeah, incidentally, because the, the body parts just slapped to the ground in front of me, I have another silk handkerchief out. This one has nothing written on it. I'm just using it to get the blood off. <laughs> yeah. We should have taken the guns. All right. And then at that point, it's a smash and grab. You smash it, you grab it. How do you get out? Portal away. In fact, I did take his guns. I took Eddie's stupid guns. Did you take Eddie's coat? Because that would be the better. It still uh, got ripped in half, didn't it? It would still have usable bits. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. And as a robot, I imagine you're not as squeamish as I would be. Fair. All right. I nabbed his shit. All right. So Ape. It has the exact same stats as your uh, coat, except when people basically use magic against you, you add a defense to it. Neat. Yeah. And that's why you conjure allies instead, ladies and gentlemen. So it's like side of torn in half. So, Bobbin, Ring of Solomon. Like a normal ring, it does two extra damage when you attack with it, and then when you are conjuring, medium summon, summon ally, and grand summon do not increase the difficulty. You always have to increase your spell effects difficulty by one, which is normal for a ring. What makes this ring different is that you may optionally pay two wounds as an in-turn incidental and choose from the following effects. Each effect may only be used once per encounter, but may you, you may activate multiple effects at once. Upgrade bonus damage to plus three for the rest of the encounter. Revive an incapacitated ally. Inflict four wounds on an enemy. Demons and undead are immune to this effect. Sounds fun. But as soon as you step through the portal, you can feel it before you even put the ring on. This ring fucking hates you. It hates everything about you. How dare you touch it? It is not for you to own. And it Uh, will do everything in its power to get away from you. Ah, jeez. The ring is racist. (laughs) 
Uh, don't worry about me. It's nothing I haven't felt before. So, uh, yeah, you might have to visit Sean for this one. So, museum heist done. Uh, let's let's go we to the protagonist from the uh, uh, God. What are the stupid games? The Postal series. We killed that guy. So <laughs> it's complete success. <laughs> We've won forever. I don't think he's ever named. I think he's just Postal Guy. He probably has a name. I think it's stupid. I think he doesn't, and that's why it's stupid. All right. So, MIT. Mitt. Oh, there is uh, one Mitt. last thing. Just, uh, we, we don't take the demon with us as we portal away. I would hope not. No, no. He's, he's going to be de-summoned as soon as we leave. And... Just be- but just before we leave, I wanted to say uh, thanks for all the help, Andrus. And I give him a high You're five. Welcome. I'm always happy to help you. You're, You're my, my best, best friend, Jeremiah. <laughs> I tore a man in half, and I don't feel anything. <laughs> yeah. That's basically the gist of what he actually does say. Honestly. I drink the blood of Jesus. I think the actual last thing before we change scenes is dice pool stuff. Oh, right. Yes. So what does the ring of motherfucking Solomon get us? Well, between the fight and the ring, three items, which is basically most of the rest. So tell me which one you don't want, because there's only four options left. Mm. Let's leave one of the purple dice. Okay. So... Question, Colin. Hmm. Uh, given that we have th- that we still have in our preparation to do uh, all of the reconnaissance work, translating these documents, and getting the bullet teleport spell online, and also the actual like adamantine weapon that I am going to put together—that's four things. What happens to the dice pool? I was going to originally I was going to say like you can't like do extra prep work like that but um I will think of some extremely minor benefit that like each one will give you probably just an advantage yeah like it'll be an advantage that uh gets added to the dice pool do advantages matter here I thought it was just like a straight up and down do we succeed or fail based on successes if you fail, there's a boss fight and the amount of advantages and threats will come into play in that sort of situation. So basically, you can continue to prepare, but after a certain point, there are diminishing returns? Correct. Like, I haven't thought of the finer details on it, but I did know going in, like, if they fail, it's going to be a tough boss fight, but if they get advantages, they should be rewarded for those advantages. All right. All right. Real quick, before we go to actually do go to MIT. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chloe. Do That's fine. you, Bosco, contact Sean? Because otherwise this, this ring is going to cause some issues for you. Yeah, if he can uh, level those out for me, uh, at least in a short-term situation, then I don't see why not. All right. So, phone rings, and... A couple rings in, it picks up, and you hear, 
Jeremiah Bosco, you have a lot of fucking nerve calling me after that shit you pulled last time. What can I say? I was in a hurry. Give me one good reason why I shouldn't hang up right now. Because I'll wager you've never set your own eyes and hands on the Seal of Solomon. Come over tomorrow. And then he hangs up. MIT, finally. Camilla, you are at MIT, and it is easy enough to find this Clark's office. Um, not even office. It's like I imagine her class is going to be easy enough to find. Um, and she is currently giving a lecture. After a while, the lecture ends, and uh, everybody starts filing out, and this goes over to her desk and gets in her chair and then like sort of does the thing to make it scoot up a little bit because she's very short so she can't reach the top of the desk without the chair being all the way up but she can't get in the chair all the way up comfortably with it being uh so she constantly has to like lower it and then like raise it it's a whole process yeah it seems to me that it, it would be a lot easier to just get a fucking desk that's made for your height or a booster seat <laughs> but it takes her a while to notice that you're there and she goes um I'm sorry the next cl- are you a student of mine oh no no I'm I'm not a student uh I'm, I'm here on personal business uh, professional right. personal business I guess she just sort of like lowers her face to look at you from above her plasticky blue glasses and she goes what kind of business ah well I got some things that I need translated and you're you're the best name I got from some friends of mine Uh, we're uh, you know what here why don't I just and I set the papers in front of her on her desk she looks them over. You can tell through her glasses, like, she's just sort of like, yeah, whatever about this at first. And then she just keeps looking at them. She goes, oh, this is old dialect. And she lifts them up and looks at them closer. Very old dialect. Where did you get this? Ah, uh, well, I don't know specifically where, where my compatriot got it, but uh, it was somewhere in the winter court. I I believe he wasn't supposed to be bringing the original out, but uh, this is perfect from memory, I guess. As perfect as it gets. Alright, okay. It takes her a while to go through, and she, like, pulls out a huge book. Like, it, like, it's big by even like normal standards but for her it's like comically large and she just like sort of slams it on the desk and like starts flipping through and cross-referencing and like sort of like scratching at her uh, at her horns and like a nervous tick sort of thing interesting 
Why are you bringing me this in particular? Uh, well, I'm not really sure what's in it, but I've been informed that it's pertaining to uh, dragons. She looks up at you at that. Her, her eyes are wide. Me and my compatriots are going to kill a dragon. Or at least we're going to fucking try before you start your... your oh, you're crazy. Oh. Uh, she, she shakily brings a hand up to her glasses and, like, takes them off. You seek to follow the path of the great flame. Ah. Yes? I'm, so, I'm sorry, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. So, okay. Puts her glasses back on. Long ago, longer than any kobold alive can even begin to say when, the dragons enslaved our people. They forced us to work. They forced us to do horrible things. And then came the great flame. And that great flame burned the dragons and their god to cinders. A beast the size of a continent toppled by a saving light. But the dragons, the dragons, oh, they, they were tricky. Because the great flame went to go exterminate them to a last. But because they're smart, they knew that they couldn't outfight it, but they could outhide it. And so they ran and they hid. And the great flame liberated my people. And when the dragons came back, you can make damn sure we have spent years trying to recreate that flame. You seek to do it again? I'm not going to call you crazy. I'm going to call you a goddamn hero. Why don't you save that for after it works? Because if it doesn't, then I'm just going to be uh, dust on the wind. Well, okay. I can translate this for you. Especially if it's going to be about the Great Flame. However, I do want to make my own copies for my personal collection. Mm -hmm. Don't tell anybody where you got it from. Uh, she nods and goes, um, it's going to be a while. This is going to be an, an involved process. Uh, so um, I can text you or something when I'm done and you can come back and retrieve them uh, or I can mail them to you or something ah uh, yeah no it's uh what I pull a fucking receipt out of my pocket and just grab a pen off her desk and scribble my phone number on it okay yeah you know, I was trying to think of fun something funny for it to be a receipt for but actually it's just like a fucking <laughs> receipt for a donut a, a donut. single donut it is a donut <laughs> name and number on it not need a receipt for a donut. Uh, she nods and she pockets it, uh, and she goes, "I'll um, I'll text you when I'm done. It's 
probably going to be a little while. Like I said. But yeah. Ah, uh, no rush. Uh, do you need anything to uh, get this done? No, no, just time and uh, my own my own notes. I've I've run into old things before, not this old, obviously. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I'll ever run into anything this old ever again, but I have run into old things before, so uh, I I know the ins and outs of what I'm looking for and hopefully it won't be too much different from when I did that. Um, but it was fantastic meeting you, Miss Prince. And uh, she reaches out to shake your hand. Oh, yeah, I shake her hand. It's uh, she she claps your hand with both and just like shakes as hard as she can. Ah, ma'am, calm down, please. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ah, uh, anyway, if you need to get a hold of me, you got my name. You got my number. I uh, I need to make a phone call. Just make sure my compatriots are still in one piece. Uh, yeah, by all means. Uh. Happy hunting. Right. <laughs> have, have a nice day and good luck with your next class. Uh, it's going to be hard to concentrate now that I've got this in front of me, but thank you. Of course. And I just walk out. Yeah. I'm guessing you want to take the one thing left on the list? No, I thought I'd pick something completely different. <laughs> You know, really out of left field, out of, out, of, out, of, out of chartreuse die. Okay, I'll go ahead and add a chartreuse die. Anyway, yes, I picked the last thing. All right. Uh, I'll add the chartreuse die. It is the best one, and also it has 100 sides, and they are all successes. Mm. It's a D2. One side is one triumph. The other side is two triumphs. <laughs> you gotta be fair. You gotta be consistent with the other dice. Two of the sides of the hundred side die are not successes. They're triumphs. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Who is next? Uh, I mean, I guess you can always call and see if your companions are in one piece. I just pop off a text and I'm like, any trouble with the ring? My response is yes, but we have it. Or at least that's that's the gist you get of the rambling voicemail I leave you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, delightful. All right. Uh, what's next? Do we have anything left? Do you want to try and do the um? The Rolgar leads thing, real quick. Which Rolgar leads thing? Calling him up for more information, wasn't it? Yeah. And getting the recon. Where are we going? Like, can you get us some fucking satellite imagery of this place where we will be doing this hunt? Faye satellite imagery. Mm-hmm. A Faye satellite is an elf who's just teleported into a geosynchronous orbit. <laughs> We don't really know what's up that high. We've never really bothered to look. Face satellites do not last very long. They have to be quick. They have to hold their breath as they sketch quickly. Am I calling him, or is just somebody calling him? 
because in character uh, Jordan doesn't know yet, uh, Jordan, when you try and call Rolgar leads for the first time ever, it goes to voicemail. Hi, Rolgar. This is Jordan Archer. Our uh, our plans are coming together pretty quickly. We're definitely getting to the point of where we need like some actual concrete information on where our quarry is located and like its surrounding environment. So if you can just get back to, if not me, somebody else as soon as possible, we need to schedule a meeting to get that figured out. Uh, thanks. Hope to hear from you soon. Take care. Camilla, you get a call from Rogar Leeds. Mm. To what do I owe the pleasure, Mr. Leeds? Hello, my dear girl. I hear that the preparation work is going splendidly. We've gathered most of what we need, and we've mostly just got the putting the pieces together, you understand me? I see, I see. Well, from the way Jordan Archer was describing things, you need, I believe they said satellite imagery of the, of the beast there. I don't think they realize that satellites don't exist in the Feywilds. Well, I'm sure they just took it for granted. Well, I can give you an approximate location of where it is, but I can give you a definite location of where territory is. You really can't quite miss it once you've found it. Right, I imagine they're very big. It's located quite far in the spring courts. Far enough in that the king has decided to not need to do anything about it, but uh, close enough that, you know, he's keeping an eye on the developing situation. When you exit the capital, you will head north by northwest, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm writing this down. He gives you directions, and it sounds like it's a bit of a trek. There's a couple of towns that aren't the capital that you would pass through first, which if you found a way to teleport to the glass town that he did, you could probably cut down on like five or six days worth of travel, especially if you got like some sort of transportation. And then from there, he describes like on foot, if you didn't run into any troubles, it would be like a three week journey. So you probably would want to get some sort of um, transportation. And then you'll notice at some point the vegetation stop to die to get brown. Uh, you'll notice that the trees do not have any leaves. And then, well, you'll hit hell. Uh, all right. Uh, sounds lovely. And he describes a massive landscape of blackened mountains and charred ground and he says that most of it will be safe to walk on but the closer you get to the dragon the more lava there will be and occasionally there will be just like spurts of lava just that will shoot up from the ground so you really need to like watch your step as you get closer and closer to your destination and while we haven't gotten the name of the dragon they are quite particular about revealing those uh, he describes, much like Baltimore, a red-scaled dragon about 700 feet in length, wingspan of about 1,500 feet, spikes all across its back, and 
claws, teeth, steel. This thing is basically a living weapon. And even from how he is describing it, it sounds a little terrifying. Eh, it's just a big lizard. Yes, yes. Please keep thinking it that way when you meet the beast itself. All right, all right. Uh, so far out in the sticks of spring, find some transportation. Uh, should probably find some way to not get lit on fire by being so close to lava. Yes, I hear if you get within 500 feet of the stuff, you burst into flames. Right, right. Uh, and then we need to plan on all the rest of this stuff. Uh, is there like a map of spring? Uh, Jeremiah's probably got one. If not Jeremiah, then your other lovely companion, Crane, should have a map. Ah, probably. All right. Uh, that makes sense. So we know it's near X town insert later. Yep. It's north by northwest. We need to be fire protected from fire. Get some transportation. I wasn't aware they had like transportation in the Feywild. I I figured they like teleported all over the place. Sometimes a more mundane approach is necessary. I fancy that. Okay, okay. Uh, Question. Uh, Why call me about this? I'm quite cross with Jordan Archer at the moment, so I do not wish to talk to them. Hmm. Alright. Can't imagine what what a stick like that would do to piss you off, but alright, alright, consider consider it all noted down, be passed along, and hopefully sooner rather than later we can have this behind us. I wish you the very best of luck. Hmm, of course. Not even a goodbye, just of course, hangs up. He says, goodbye! I pass on, like, all of that through text. Because I'm, like, you know, I'm in, I'm at MIT. Yeah. Or at least I'm on my way back from MIT. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of things that just pop up in the text chat, like, can you make us fireproof? <laughs> Scratch that. Lava-proof. <laughs> Combustion-proof? Radiation proof, but like the heat transfer radiation. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. They make suits for that. <laughs> Are we gonna need to bring like air supplies? Because I imagine having a pack of oxygen strapped to you is probably not a good idea in a place like that. Do we need to worry about poisonous gas? We might be able to pay somebody from Spring who is like a scout as a career to do a run for us. There's probably some real good tourism in get as close to the dragon as you can without actually seeing it. (laughs) Does Spring have like the equivalent of, you know, uh, Mount Everest tourism? We're really wealthy fae with no cent with more money than cents like end up dying each year because they want to go see the dragon's lair. I mean, I can 
make that up for you if that's the path you want to go down. I'm just thinking out loud. <laughs> uh, anything else? No, I think we're good for this session. Yeah, because Crane is the one currently uh, in contact with Grant, so... Yeah, uh, Crane needs to talk to Grant, I need to talk to Thomas, and I also need to, like, design and fabricate whatever the adamantine weapon is going to be. We need to figure out what the old books say about dragons. Right, but that that all that all could be discussed next time. Next time, oh, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Twenty-five experience, everybody. Woo! Hooray! I love getting twenty-five experience. That means I have fifty-five experience because I did not spend any. Yeah, what am I even gonna do with twenty-five experience at this point? I vote. Make yourself less killable. I've got all of my uh, talents that I could want. I will give myself a few ranks in stealth. (laughs) (laughs) Might as well. But yeah, for my part, I am getting the last two tier one talents and bringing my knowledge skill up to 15. Wait, bring your knowledge skill up to 15? Oops, spending 15 to bring it up to 3. Okay. You know, it might come up, so I think I'm going to do something similar. It's a non-career skill, so I'm going to spend all 25 of my experience getting my knowledge supernatural up to rank 2. Okay. I don't know what I'm doing. I've got a lot of experience to spend. I'll figure it out later. Hopefully it will not be 3 weeks in between games this time. <laughs> nah, we no, should we're be playing, playing next, next week. week. Yeah. Are we? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, thank you, listeners, for listening. Thank you, players, for playing. This is shaping to be probably the longest short campaign ever because we're still not even to the dragon yet. <laughs> our utter refusal yeah. to like bring all of our puzzle pieces together to make to make the picture of the <laughs> sailboat. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we'll... if we keep shuffling cards around, we don't actually have to fight the dragon. <laughs> Colin will keep giving us experience till we cannot die. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, I will start being like 15 experience. I'm not going to make. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, thanks, everybody. Good night. Good night, everybody. Night, folks at home. Thank you for listening. A man was ripped in half. Cut in half. Hello all at once.